that. This, um, all right, as we just heard, this week we're talking about love. As we, as we just cruise through the Advent season, um, we've got all these, you know, themes of, of hope and grace, and today we're focused on love, and, and, and I didn't ask Sarah's permission, so potentially I'll embarrass her a little bit. Yeah, I know, you whipped your head around real quick. Um, oh, shoot. Um, I, I asked Sarah and her girls and, um, and Phil and Diane specifically for this week because I love watching their relationship. And um, they're, they're not related. They, um, they have kind of adopted each other and made each other family. And you can just see very clearly that not only do they know that they're loved by God, but they really love each other. And it's, uh, for me, it's just an absolutely beautiful thing to get to watch what God does in our, in our church is he brings people together. And if you're saying, if, if there is anybody here, whether you're joining us at uh, the Lasore campus, whether you're joining us on the online campus, if there's anybody here who's hearing this and you say, I'm not feeling very loved, please come tell me. I would love to introduce you around and invite you out so that you're never feeling left out. Okay? If you're not feeling loved, please tell me. Give us an opportunity to, to share God's love with you. And we love you too. Sometimes we just don't know. Or just don't have, you know, just don't know that somebody isn't feeling loved. And so uh, please, if you're not, let me know. And, uh, and if you're really not feeling loved, don't hesitate. Walk right over to Sarah and, and, and Phil and Diane, and they will love you. <laughs> they will love you <laughs> in a big, huge way. So today, Advent, and, um, and we're talking about love. And uh, so if you have your Bibles with you and you want to read along, you can turn with me to Mark 11, verse 1. If not, no worries. It's going to be up here. Hey, confirmation students. Thank you, you guys. I love you too. <laughs> confirmation students, if you say to yourself, oh, hey, I haven't turned in any of my worship notes for a long time. There's some right here, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Those are just for you. All right, Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 1, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it. Bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing that? Say, the Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away, found a colt, tied out a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those who were standing there asked him, what are you doing untying that colt? <laughs> and, uh, which I just find absolutely hilarious. <laughs> And they told him exactly what Jesus said, and they let him go. That's even more hilarious. Some strangers walk up to your house, untie your donkey, and start taking off. And you're like, oh, it's all good. <laughs> See you later. 
And they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who were following were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem, and he went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Here ends the reading of God's Word. And some of you might be saying, Pastor Jay, I know it's a little cold out, and maybe you got a little brain freeze. That is not an Advent text. That is Lent. That's like a Palm Sunday thing that we talk about. Like, that's the thing that we read every, every year at Palm Sunday. We're only in Advent. We're not even close to Easter. What are you doing? Pastor Nick was here. He'd be like, hey, man, why are you preaching my text? Because Pastor Nick preaches this text every Palm Sunday. Here's the deal. As we talk about Advent, we're talking about the coming of Jesus. That Jesus came. That the Son of God came to earth, wrapped a human body around him, and he's here, and he was born. And we're only just, Advent is talking about that first coming. And then there's all these other times, and when Jesus comes and arrives, and right there in the midst of it, the Son of God is called the Savior. The Savior. And, and that's why we can't, we can't talk about Advent and, and the coming of Jesus without having Easter in mind. We can't just talk about his birth without thinking forward that, that in some years, a little over 30, he's going to be riding into Jerusalem. And everybody's going to be shouting out, save us now. That's what Hosanna means. Save us now. Everybody was looking for salvation. And maybe, you know, maybe Jesus wasn't exactly saving them the way that they expected to because they were looking for, you know, salvation from, from Roman oppression and from a Roman occupation of their country. They were looking for salvation in that sense. And yet Jesus Christ comes humble, riding on a little donkey colt that no one's ever ridden before. And I look at that and I'm like, man, this is crazy. But I think that the disciples at this point, they just kind of got used to Jesus knowing stuff. He just knows stuff. And so that as they're on a walk, and he took like the, the most unusual way to Jerusalem his last time. He took this circuitous route, and, and, and there was all these like appointments with people that he needed along the way. He went, he had to cut through Samaria. Jews never cut through Samaria, but he had to cut through Samaria to stop at, at this village and make sure that he's proclaiming Jesus right there. And all along the way, he's, he's making these little God appointments to proclaim salvation every step of the way. And then he gets up the hill 
not too far from Jerusalem. And he pauses. And he looks to two of his guys. He's like, hey, man, go into the next town. There's a donkey tied outside that nobody's ever ridden. It's a little donkey's colt. And they didn't, you know, there's no record of them saying, what? Like, how do you know that? I think they're just used to him knowing things. How does Jesus know? He just knows that this donkey's colt has never been ridden before. Okay. And he's like, so take the donkey's colt, untie it, bring it here. Oh, and if somebody asks you, they will. And if somebody asks you, what are you doing? Just tell them I need it and we'll send it back. And sure enough, it all happened. They get there. Walk into town. There's a colt. They untie it. What are you doing? Uh, the, Lord, the Lord needs it? Oh, okay. <laughs> they just let him take it. And he gets out to the road. And they throw their coats on the donkey, donkey's colt's back. Jesus hops up. And he rides on this tiny little donkey. And everybody, the crowds are just like roaring. There's crowds throwing their coats down and, and cutting down branches. And they're just paving the way for Jesus to ride in. And Jesus is coming. And as Jesus is riding in, they just shout, Save us now! Just save us now! And they're just looking forward to the coming of the King of David and his kingdom and the salvation that only he can bring. And as he's riding in and he's, people are crying out for salvation. Where's Kelsey? <laughs> Over there. <laughs> There she is. We don't want any kids getting, you know, separated, you know. We want them to know that they're loved, you know. I mean, it's literally all over the place. We don't want them, think, you know, thinking that we're keeping them away. And so, like, you know, as, as he's coming in and, and Jesus is just saying, save us, you know, the crowds are just shouting at Jesus, save us now. We can't help but think of what's going to happen. Because as Jesus is riding in on that donkey, as crowds are saying, save us, save us, save us. To us, as we celebrate on, on Palm Sunday, it sounds like a, a, a word of praise, right? We, we shout Hosanna, and the kids will like wave around some palm branches and poke each other in the eye, you know, and, and, it's, and it's very festive, and we're having a great time. And it's, and, and, but on that day, as Jesus was riding in, it wasn't just a, a word of praise, but it was a plea. Because they very much wanted to be saved. So we can't think about Jesus without thinking his first coming, without thinking that he came to save us. Because right after he rides in on that donkey, that kicks off Holy Week. And it's only days later 
that he is, that Jesus is arrested, that Jesus is beaten and tortured, that instead of riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, he's being forced to walk out of Jerusalem carrying a cross. And they march him up Golgotha, Skull Hill, Calvary, and they crucify him outside the city. And they nail him to a cross. And our Lord Jesus, the one who knew no sin, took all of our sin upon himself and said, it is finished. And with that, he gave up his spirit and he died for us. And the world mourned. The sun went dark. The earth shook. God himself had to turn away because he just couldn't bear to look. And Mary, his mother, stood there crying. Save us. Save us now. Save us, please. That's where it's headed. As we hear Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town, the family town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. That means house of bread. Because... Uh, he was of the house and lineage of David. And he went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was there, was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Here ends the reading of God's word. Mary. Mary gave birth to the Son of God, our Savior. And Jesus didn't do that because he had to. He did all of that because he loves you. He loves you. It wasn't a have to, it wasn't a to-do list. He loves us. He loves you specifically. He knows you by name, and he loves you. He came, and he lived a perfect life, and he died taking all the sin, our sins on him because he loves you. Ephesians 2 says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. 
but God being rich in mercy. Mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. It's when you mess up and, some, and you know you were in trouble, okay? It's kind of like one of those things. We were, Heidi and I were talking about this the other, uh, the other day where, you know, like most of us have nicknames other than Heidi in our house, you know, and our names kind of get, all get shortened. Uh, Bree just got, got home um, and then quickly left to go visit friends because that's what that's what they do. Uh, and, um, and so, um, and, and, and we're talking about, and Brie was like, you know, cause she's coming back from college for the first time. And she's, and I, and we're talking about the different names that people call her. And she said, no, no, no. I got a couple of friends who are allowed to call me Brianna, but everybody else calls me Brie. And, you know, and there's a sense in which I was like talking about like, how, how often do you get called by like your full name? And if you get called by your full name, you are in trouble. And, and, and I'm like, you know, there's this sense in which, but if you are in trouble, if you're in trouble, you, if, if you got called by your whole name, you walked in the door, somebody called out your entire name, whether it's your, your spouse, your parent, your child, and you got called by your full name, you know you're in trouble. But then you don't get the punishment that you deserve. You don't get the consequences that you deserve. That's mercy. But God being rich in mercy, this is so awesome, because of the great love with which he loved us, because of God's great love that he loved us with, because of the great love that he loved us with, when we were dead in our trespasses, when we're all just a bunch of selfish little sinners, doing our own thing, whatever we want, and we can't help ourselves. God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Mercy is when we don't get the punishment we deserve. Grace is when we get the goodness that we haven't earned. God in his great mercy doesn't punish us the way we deserve. He gives us grace. And why does he do all of that? Why did the God of the universe, eternal Son of God, why did he choose to humble himself, to be born in a manger and laid in a manger? Because he loved us with this great love that he loves us with. By grace you have been saved. The crowds were shouting out, save us, save us. And God delivers his son, our savior. And as we hear these words of that you were saved, I, I have good news. The Bible uses this word salvation in three different ways. We were saved. I was saved. You were saved. This is talking about justification. It's when, it's when by grace, through faith, you believe in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you, that yes, he did die on that cross for me. He did take my sins away. I was saved. You are being saved. We are being saved. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is transforming our lives, changing lives right now. You are being saved. That's sanctification. But wait, God's not done yet. You will be saved. 
You see, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, his first coming, but he is coming again. You will be saved when he comes back for everyone who believes in him to take us to be with him forever. Was saved and being saved, will be saved, and it's all because of God's great love for you, this great love that he loves you with. And that's what Advent is really about. It's about God coming. And he just keeps on entering into your life, not because you've earned it or deserve it. It's by grace, through faith, because he loves you. My hope, my prayer, is that you believe it. That you believe in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. And that you know that you are loved. <laughs> you all need a little point in the right direction every once in a while. I shouldn't say that. I need a point in the right direction sometimes on a very regular basis. Let's pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. Loving us so much that you sent your one and only Son to be our Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving us for humbling yourself, being born in a, in a barn and, and wrapped up in little claws and laid in a feed trough for us. And you lived a humble, perfect life for us because you love us. And you died taking our sin and our punishment because you love us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we will be saved, that one day we get to join you in heaven and sing with you and, with, and just shout your praises with each and every person who's ever believed who will be up there and all the angels. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So today, Lord, as we confess faith in you, as we, as we cry out to you like we normally do on Palm Sunday, Hosanna, save us now. We ask you, Lord God, to save us because of your mercy and your grace and your great love with which you love us. Lord, thank you for loving us. We ask you, Lord God, to be with some of the people that we love who are struggling right now. We ask you to be with Tom Gupton. And he needs healing that only you can bring. We ask you for healing for Ashley as her wrist is continuing to recover. And Lord, I know we just heard that Jeff Christ is going to need some more surgery. And so we just ask you, Lord God, to bring healing to Jeff. We thank you, Lord God, that, uh, that you're working healing, healing in Caleb's life and in the Pudwell's lives. 
We ask you, Lord God, to be with Becky. And we thank you for a great report from both Pat and Kim. Pat's PET scan came back great. Kim found out that the term tumor is not cancer. We just thank you and praise you. We ask you to be with Crystal and Matt as they're expecting the next little one. You know, <laughs> I know that Crystal just can't wait to give birth to this baby. Be with her and give her, just give her what she needs as she's on restrictions, just waiting for the day. We ask you, Lord God, to be with the Turners as they mourn AJ's passing. Lord, that you would wrap your loving arms around them, that you would remind them over and over and over again that you love them and that you love AJ and that you love her so much that you took her home to be with you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.